Hey everybody, Ashton here, top of the day. Good morning, good evening, how you doing? Wherever you're at, whenever you're hearing this. Uh, hey, welcome back. Um, you know what, you, one thing I never do here is I never like invite new newbies, the, new, the newcomers. Um, if you've never been here before, welcome. You've You've had a name on a seat for a long, long time. We are thankful you are here. And um, this is a place where we believe that questions can be the answer and that beauty will save the world and that love wins and that everything belongs and that, yeah, yeah, uh, all there's left to do is enjoy. We've got a lot of phrases around here. Um, but the Good, True, and Beautiful podcast uh, is just a fun little project where we're saying, uh, how, can we, how can we be something good, true, and beautiful in the world? And in doing that, by doing that, um, perhaps this whole joint can continue to tune up in its wonderfully mysterious and beautiful way. So welcome. Uh, never really do that much. So welcome. We are super glad you are here. I hope you're doing well. <clears throat> Today you got me again. I never know if that's good or bad. Uh, last week's podcast was fun. But um, you got me today. And ever so often, do you have a moment? Uh, does someone speak something to you? Are you in a movie? Do you read a poem? Do you hear a song? Does... Uh, a moment in nature, does something strike you where you just go, uh, I'm supposed to write that down. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to study that moment. Whatever that just was, whatever that word was, whatever, whatever was hidden in that melody, whatever that sunset was trying to convey, whatever that smile that stranger gave me, Whatever this thing that's stirring within me is is trying to convey, I need I need to pay attention to that. And that happened to me yesterday. I um, I was on a call with uh, some friends of mine. We are in this like group participation type thing of this uh, journey we are all on. And um, one of my friends, he. He just said something, and there's it's probably happened a hundred times in my life, but uh, when someone says a phrase that that right when it's said, it conveys like everything that I always knew, but I just never had the language and the verbiage for it. Uh, or, or if I did, that was a new, fresh way that was like, oh, yes, correct, that's right, that's true. That's beautiful, and that happened yesterday. And um, my friend, who will name, who will re- remain anonymous, um, <clears throat> let me just say, he said this. He goes, uh, "I'm learning that the manufactured me does not move at the pace of love." <laughs> Let me say it again. He goes, I'm learning that the manufactured me does not move at the pace of love. And so I wrote down two things on a big sticky note 
as we were in this call, I wrote down the manufactured me, the manufactured us, and the pace of love. Um, because I think that maybe a lot of our conversation here has been directed at uh, crafting, entering into, falling into, becoming aware, realizing that um, this thing called called Earth, this soupy thing called life, this um, bizarre cocktail of emotion and business and life and strife and friends and family and bread and wine and turmoil and success and beauty and pain and love and loss um, that that maybe, maybe this whole thing is just one big great school of love that's pulling us somewhere, that's going somewhere, that means something, that matters. Um, and so I wanted to walk through this because here, here's, here's why this struck me to be true. I am all too often caught up in the manufactured me. And, and and by that, I mean the, the me with accolades, the me with a checkbook, the me with uh, different responsibilities, the me that signs contracts, the me that has to fulfill contracts, um, the educated me, the uh, social circle me, whatever that looks like for us, um, all too often, that side of my life, if I, if I look at where um, most of my suffering begins, it begins when I take a little bit or a little too much of the PR from the manufactured me. When I start thinking that uh, this, uh, this over here, this public exterior me is uh takes the cake that's what the whole thing's about almost all of my suffering comes from that and yet um what i know to be true and what i think all of us are uh on our own little path discovering here day by day is that the interior life when when one looks within, and when one discovers uh, the interior world, there is a level of enjoyment and enthusiasm and wonder and mystery that um, words words don't work there. It, it, it's as if it's as if there's just experience. There isn't words, and when he mentioned this yesterday, that the manufactured me doesn't move at the pace of love, I had this thought, well, the manufactured me isn't going anywhere. It's not like I can just turn in the keys at the office and say I'm not coming back. It's, it's, not, it's not like I can uh, remove myself from a lot of these roles. You remember the conversation we had last week about soul being greater than role. You know, <clears throat> 
the thing that I'm, I'm learning is, how then can the manufactured me, or my question for us today is, how then can the manufactured us be empowered by the true self, the interior self, the beautiful self, the self that never will die, the unmanufactured part of us. Said another way, you before you had a name. Before you were vice president of whatever. Before you were this or that, head of sales, lead singer, chief executive, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, teacher, poet, sage, scientist, whatever, bricklayer, home builder, <laughs> gardener, florist, wh- whatever it is, fill in the blank. But before all of those things, um, what's it like to empower that part of you from the part of you that has no label, that can't be manufactured, that never had a name, and that at the end of the day, is made in the image of love, is being transformed into the likeness of love, and was meant to be awakened to and be love in the universe we exist in? That's a big question. I'm not telling you I've got the answer, but I think that there's ways to do it. I think that there's um, practices and disciplines that we can give ourselves to every day. Um that before we put the keys in the car, before we open the back door and head to work, before we close the garage on our way to our day, what if we were grounded and centered in that thing we will always be, that thing that will always go on, that thing that will never cease to be, the, the eternal strut cord? What if, what if, what if we could begin from there every day. And my senses are that the manufactured us, whatever that thing is, will actually start to become the gift we always wanted it to be to the world. And there will be an element of detachment. There there will be an element of, I happen to be a scientist rather than I'm a scientist. I happen to be a mom rather than defining my entire life on my momness. I happen to own a business rather than thinking to myself, I am a business. Like you see, you see, you see the detachment that happens there simultaneously, the freedom, the acceptance, the, the space between the, 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 the you see how the hyperactivity kind of just ceases to be when we can move into a place that says, I happen to be a pastor. I happen to be a poet. I happen to run this company. I happen to work at this company. I happen to... what All of that ceases to kind of take its nails out of us when we're first grounded and centered into who we are. And um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this today, but I've had one thought 
that's really, really helped me. And it's this. The biggest thing that helps me every single day um, of living my life from the quiet, peaceful place, the restful place, the place of renewal, uh, the place uh, uh, where I'm not offended and there's nothing to protect and there's nothing to lose. The, the, this place is total gift. Um, one of the metaphors that I've, I've started to take notes on and use every single day is um, imagine the manufactured you to be like a jersey you wear every day. Or maybe it truly is a name tag. Maybe you have like a name tag. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when you go to work, it says, John the plumber, I don't know, Bob the realtor. Um, but, but listen, whether you're wearing it or not, we're giving up clues and codes and signals all the time of these names and labels that we have. And the idea that I have is um, before the jersey goes on, before the Richard the air conditioner man goes to work and starts doing his thing each day, before Samuel the scientist, before Pete the professor, I don't know why I'm saying these names, um, whatever it is when some, you know, that thing when someone says, what do you do? But before that jersey goes on, um, do you have a practice and a process of mirroring to yourself who you are and what will exist long after your jersey's retired? That's the question. That's the question to this question is, how do we not live from this manufactured self, which doesn't typically move in the pace of love? What are our practices that we have to keep us grounded and centered? And my question is, do you have a practice each morning to where you can mirror back and you can receive and you can see the gift that you've received that is also meant to be a gift to the world before you put on that jersey of whatever that may be. For me, um, y'all know it's been a practice of centering prayer. Uh, I also read a ton of Mark Nepo, Father Richard Rohr, Rumi, um, Henry Nowen. There's there's voices that I have found that if and when I read them, if and each and every day I begin from these places, um, I don't sprint to the car to put on this realtor jersey that I happen to wear and that I happen to uh, exist or participate in in this space-time. Um Matter of fact, I, I just happened to sell real estate. <laughs> it's that simple. Uh, when I was 22, I was a real estate agent, and I wanted you to know it. Uh, and we talked about it a lot. Um, today, yeah, I happened to sell real estate. And each and every day, I try to find ways to ground myself into becoming a poem and a song and a beautiful expression of some crazy mystery that most oftentimes I don't have words for 
in the world by means of a real estate practice. I mean, do you see the do you see the detachment now? Now, every single day, every single moment, uh, I'm not on the hook for if the deal goes right. I'm not on the hook uh, because guess what? How much of the suffering in your job comes from everything you can't control? Everything. The answer to that is everything. So much of our lives in this working world, in the manufactured world that we live in, comes from just stuff we can't control. But when I dive into some type of practice each day, some of y'all it may be meditation, some of you it could be yoga, some it could be a walk, some it could be a jog, some it could be just lighting a candle and staring at the flame. The what is not necessary here. The, the, The what isn't important. You just have to find whatever it is that works for you, that grounds you into that practice to where you can let go a bit of the jersey that you're going to put on in the day. Um, and hey, we wear a lot of jerseys, right? So maybe some of your narratives um, are there's not enough, or you're never going to be better than that person, or uh, you aren't super mom, super dad, uh, or... Uh, I told this to a friend of mine that I was in a conversation a couple days ago and I just felt like I was behind. I just, there was a narrative running in my head of, man, this guy has done this, this, and this, and this, and this, and and here's where I'm at. I'm behind. Um, Which, behind what? (laughs) Where's, is there... Is there some scorecard somewhere up in the sky? Um, that's that's Jersey mentality. That's the manufactured me speaking. And I hadn't been grounded that day. I hadn't uh, given myself over to a practice so that something could be done to me. And from there, I could arise in the world and move from the pace of love. Because if, if the manufactured us doesn't move at the pace of love, um, then we have to find ways to make sure that in every way we exist in the world, that we are moving at the pace of love. Paul has this interesting um, riff on love in the book of Corinthians. And you've heard it a thousand times probably. Uh, If you're not familiar with church and this tradition, no worries. Uh, But chances are, if you've been to any wedding, you've you've heard this whole thing on love. And it's just so hard to live into, but it is a pace, it is a way that... um, makes this life bearable, meaningful, purposeful, beautiful, and something good where we can look at it and go, oh yeah, there's so much out of my control, but the the pace of love is my teacher. And if the whole joint is an experiment on love, then maybe perhaps I can lean into that pace. Maybe perhaps I can lean into that way of being. Paul, he has these phrases. Um, 
he says it never gives up. Love, love never gives up. It cares more for others than itself. It, it, there's a, there's an element of love that is, that is not attached at all to the manufactured me. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. It means love doesn't keep score. Love isn't keeping track of the abundance pie and who has more than others. Love, that, that's not interesting to love. Love, love is grounded in the now. Love knows there's enough electricity and beauty in the moment for now. Love, love finds the oxygen for right now. It doesn't worry about the oxygen needed for tomorrow. Love, love is grounded in the present, in the very skin and bones and blood in this moment. Um, love, love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. And I'll, and I'll rephrase that a bit. Love doesn't force itself on others. Others love, love enters the flow and allows the flow to take it wherever it may mysteriously go. There's no force in love. There's flow in love. And the flow is already happening. We just got to step into it. Um, love isn't, it's always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of when others mess up. Ooh, that one hurts, right? Love doesn't keep score. Love doesn't revel when others grovel, it says. Love takes pleasure in flowering truth takes pleasure in flowering truth. I love this idea that truth blooms and it's not a one and done bloom. It's like truth blooms and then those seeds scatter and then it blooms again. There's an element of ever constant renewal, this pattern of everything, of moving from death to resurrection from life to death to uh, uh, old to new, new to old, old to new, this always evolution of something beautiful. Love takes pleasure in flowering truth. Truth is always blooming around us, and it will always continue to bloom, and tomorrow there will be new blooms to take in. It always trusts. It always looks for the best. Love never looks back. Love isn't caught up in what happened yesterday. Love doesn't look into the future. Love, love is here and now among us at hand in the electricity that is this moment. Love keeps going in the end. And then this beautiful phrase, love never dies. The manufactured me. I think some of the pain body that's attached to it is there because it knows it's going to die one day. <laughs> There's nobody that's going to chat about real estate deals that I've done in a hundred years. Nobody. Nobody. Um, and I think the manufactured me knows that. And, and so sometimes when the, when it hits the fan, as it always does in our manufactured worlds, um, that, uh, 
I think sometimes so much of our pain and suffering is connected to that because we just know, yeah, this 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 can't be the whole shebang. This can't be what it's all about. It can't all be about insurance. It, it can't all be about uh, my course that I'm teaching. Uh, and we know that to be true. The, the, the more we stay in the pace of love, we know that to be true. We know that there's nothing to protect in that space. But the final thing that I wanted to chat through is... As we talk about the pace of love, there's also these other phrases that have been given to us that the divine is love and that it's in the divine that we live, move, and have our being. One of, one of the phrases I love, uh, you, you've heard this phrase before, in the beginning was the word. Um, there's, there's a phrase uh, another connotation, another way of saying that is in the beginning was the energy. Uh, in the beginning was the creative energy, and the creative energy was with God, and the creative energy was God. We are held, and we live, and move, and have our being in this creative energy. And its pace is beautiful. Its pace is one that renews us. Its pace is one of peace. Its pace is one of enjoyment. Its pace is one of enthusiasm. Its pace is one of honor and dignity. Its pace, as we talked last week, is one of diversity. And so I invite you this week, as you consider some of these talks about the manufactured us, the us that one day just isn't going to exist, the 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 the, the us that uh, takes so much of our angst most days. If we look back and we point at where the pain was in the day, it's typically due to something in, the, in our manufactured worlds. Um, what if today you honored some space around you or within you to center down, to ground into this idea that uh, you can move at the pace of love? Because it's actually love that's holding you. That it's actually love that's been holding you the whole time. I always say this to people. Um, do you remember 10 years ago that day you had that you just thought it was unbearable and you didn't think you could make it through it? You don't. But it was there. It was there last week. It was probably there two days ago and you've already forgotten it. Um... But we connect the dots looking backwards. And I'm learning that when I trace back the dots over my life, the ups, the downs, the way I did it wrong, learning how to do it right, then the way I learned to do it right, all to find out that at some point that itself would be a wrong way of doing it that has to be totally killed and died and has to come back and resurrected into something new. All, all of this in the soup of life. Um, what if today you honored it within yourself and around you to say, I'm being held by something that never gives up. I'm being held by something that doesn't fly off the handle. I'm being held by something that takes pleasure in flowering truth. I'm being pulled 
by something that always looks for the best, that never looks back, that keeps going in the end, that never dies. What if this thing is what you are in and what is for you and what is within you and what is behind you and it's what is ahead of you? My senses are you would detach a bit from these worlds of manufacturing ideas and identities around ourselves. And the more we can learn to do this, the more I think that we will find that in the worlds where we have things that we've manufactured, that we will detach from thinking they are the entire shebang, if you will, and we will actually find them start to be empowered by a beautiful, loving, peaceful, kind, caring, gentle, self-controlled self. And that, my friends, is renewable, is sustainable, and is mysteriously beautiful. So I appreciate your patience today as I debrief about this idea of the pace of love and the manufactured me. May we hold ourselves loosely today in that world. But may we arrive at whatever we do from who we all are, both individually and universally grounded in love. You are being held by this mystery. You have been pulled by this mystery. You are being pushed by this mystery, and this mystery is within you, is within your neighbor, and is even somehow within the space between the two of you and the billions of us. So as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be loved. Hey, before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe right there on your phone. That's probably where you're listening. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, would you mind leaving us a review? One of the things that we're wanting to do is get this information out to as many people as we can. And we are finding that uh, when people leave good, true, and beautiful reviews, uh, that helps us get this information out more and more to people all across the world. I do not take it lightly. Uh, that you invite me to ride shotgun with you in your car. Uh, You allow these conversations to be a part of your jogs. You allow these conversations to be a part of the communities and families and businesses that you've been entrusted. Uh, I do not take that lightly at all, and I am thrilled uh, that you have joined us here at this table, at this conversation. There's always a seat left. There's always room for more, uh, and we are just so grateful for you guys joining us here at Good, True, and Beautiful. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love. <laughs>